Selections from the Diary of Blessed Sister Faustina Kowalska Divine Mercy in My Soul Diary Entries 5-14 to Vilnius, July 28, 1934 Jesus, Mary, Joseph, God and Souls Be adored, O Most Holy Trinity, now and for all time. Be adored in all your works and all your creatures. May the greatness of your mercy be admired and glorified, O God. I am to write down the encounters of my soul with you, O God, at the moments of your special visitations. I am to write about you, O incomprehensible in mercy towards my poor soul. Your holy will is the life of my soul. I have received this order through him who is for me your representative here on earth, who interprets your holy will to me. Jesus, you see how difficult it is for me to write, how unable I am to put down clearly what I experience in my soul. Oh God, can a pen write down that for which many a time there are no words? But you give the order to write, O oh God. That is enough for me. Warsaw, August 1st, 1925 Entrance into the Convent From the age of seven I experienced the definite call of God, the grace of a vocation to the religious life. It was in the seventh year of my life that, for the first time, I heard God's voice in my soul, that is, an invitation to a more perfect life. But I was not always obedient to the call of grace. I came across no one who would have explained these things to me. The eighteenth year of my life. An earnest appeal to my parents for permission to enter the convent. My parents' flat refusal. After this refusal, I turned myself over to the vain things of life, paying no attention to the call of grace, although my soul found no satisfaction in any of these things. The incessant call of grace caused me much anguish. I tried, however, to stifle it with amusements. Interiorly, I shunned God, turning with all my heart to creatures. However, God's grace won out in my soul. Once I was at a dance with one of my sisters. While everybody was having a good time, my soul was experiencing deep torments. As I began to dance, I suddenly saw Jesus at my side. Jesus, racked with pain, stripped of his clothing, all covered with wounds, who spoke these words to me. How long shall I put up with you, and how long will you keep putting me off? At that moment, the charming music stopped, and the company I was with vanished from my sight. There remained Jesus and I. I took a seat by my dear sister, pretending to have a headache in order to cover up what took place in my soul. After a while, I slipped out unnoticed, leaving my sister and all my companions behind, and made my way to the cathedral of St. Stanislaus Kostka. It was already beginning to grow light. There were only a few people in the cathedral. Paying no attention to what was happening around me, I fell prostrate before the Blessed Sacrament and begged the Lord to be good enough to give me to understand what I should do next. Then I heard these words. Go at once to Warsaw. You will enter a convent there. 
I rose from prayer, came home, and took care of things that needed to be settled. As best I could, I confided to my sister what took place within my soul. I told her to say goodbye to our parents, and thus, in my one dress, and with no other belongings, I arrived at Warsaw. When I got off the train and saw that all were going their separate ways, I was overcome with fear. What am I to do? To whom should I turn, as I know no one? So I said to the Mother of God, Mary, lead me, guide me. Immediately I heard these words within me, telling me to leave the town and to go to a certain nearby village where I would find a safe lodging for the night. I did so, and found in fact that everything was just as the Mother of God told me. Very early the next day, I rode back into the city and entered the first church I saw. There I began to pray to know further the will of God. Holy Masses were being celebrated one after another. During one of them I heard the words, Go to that priest and tell him everything. He will tell you what to do next. After the Mass, I went into the sacristy. I told the priest all that had taken place in my soul, and I asked him to advise me where to take the veil, in which religious order. The priest was surprised at first, but told me to have strong confidence that God would provide for my future. For the time being, he said, I shall send you to a pious lady with whom you will stay until you enter a convent. When I called on this lady, she received me very kindly. During the time I stayed with her, I was looking for a convent, but at whatever convent door I knocked, I was turned away. Sorrow gripped my heart, and I said to the Lord Jesus, Help me. Don't leave me alone. At last I knocked on our door. When Mother Superior, the present Mother General Michael, came out to meet me, she told me after a short conversation to go to the Lord of the house and ask whether he would accept me. I understood at once that I was to ask this of the Lord Jesus. With great joy I went to the chapel and asked Jesus, Lord of this house, do you accept me? This is how one of these sisters told me to put the question to you. I immediately heard this voice. I do accept. You are in my heart. When I returned from the chapel, Mother Superior asked first of all, Well, has the Lord accepted you? I answered, Yes. If the Lord has accepted, she said, then I also will accept. Diary Entries 47-53 February 22, 1931 In the evening, when I was in my cell, I saw the Lord Jesus, clothed in a white garment. One hand was raised in the gesture of blessing. The other was touching the garment at the breast. From beneath the garment, slightly drawn aside at the breast, there were emanating two large rays, one red, the other pale. In silence I kept my gaze fixed on the Lord. My soul was struck with awe, but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, Paint an image according to the pattern you see, with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. 
I desire that this image be venerated, first in your chapel, and then throughout the world. I promise that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of death. I myself will defend it as my own glory. When I told this to my confessor, I received this for a reply. That refers to your soul. He told me, Certainly, paint God's image in your soul. When I came out of the confessional, I again heard words such as these, My image is already in your soul. I desire that there be a feast of mercy. I want this image, which you will paint with a brush, to be solemnly blessed on the first Sunday after Easter. That Sunday is to be the Feast of Mercy. I desire that priests proclaim this great mercy of mine towards souls of sinners. Let the sinner not be afraid to approach me. The flames of mercy are burning me, clamoring to be spent. I want to pour them out upon souls. Distrust on the part of souls is tearing at my insides. The distrust of a chosen soul causes me even greater pain. Despite my inexhaustible love for them, they do not trust me. Even my death is not enough for them. Woe to the soul that abuses these gifts. When I spoke about this to Mother Superior, that God had asked this of me, she answered that Jesus should give some sign so that we could recognize him more clearly. When I ask the Lord Jesus for a sign as proof that you are truly my God and Lord and that this request comes from you, I heard this interior voice. I will make this all clear to the superior by means of the graces which I will grant through this image. When I tried to run away from these interior inspirations, God said to me that on the day of judgment he would demand of me a great number of souls. Once, Exhausted because of these various difficulties that had befallen me because of what Jesus had said to me and what he had demanded of me for the painting of this image, I made up my mind to approach Father Andrage before my perpetual vows and to ask him to dispense me from all these interior inspirations and from the duty of painting this image. After having heard my confession, Father Andrage gave me this answer. I will dispense you from nothing, sister. It is not right for you to turn away from these interior inspirations, but you must absolutely, and I say absolutely, speak about them to your confessor. Otherwise you will go astray, despite the great graces you are receiving from God. For the present, you are coming to me for confession. But understand, sister, that you must have a permanent confessor, that is to say, a spiritual director, I was very upset by this. I thought that I would get myself free from everything, and it turned out quite the opposite, an explicit command to follow the requests of Jesus. And now, still another torment, as I had no permanent confessor. But the goodness of Jesus is infinite. He had promised me visible help here on earth, and a little while later I received it in Vilnius in the person of Father Sopacho.
This has been taken from The Diary of Blessed Sister Faustina Kowalska, Divine Mercy in My Soul. Copyright 1987 by the Congregation of Marians of the Immaculate Conception. All world rights reserved. For more information about Sister Faustina and the Divine Mercy message and devotion, or to obtain a copy of the diary, contact the Association of Marian Helpers at 1-800-462-7426 in the USA and Canada. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature. Right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network, news and talk for Catholic and other Christians. <laughs>